Welcome to The Data Economy, a podcast about leaders like you who use data to drive business growth and accelerate digital innovation. I'm your host, Michael Krigsman. In this podcast, technology leaders offer practical advice and a firsthand look into modern data strategies and their digital initiatives. You can watch all the episodes on redis.com slash the data economy. Today on the Data Economy, we're speaking with Beth Johnson, the Chief Experience Officer of Citizens Financial Group. She offers a fascinating glimpse behind the scenes relating technology infrastructure, data, operations, and processes to meeting the business needs that are so important to their customers. Beth, it's great to see you again. Hi, thanks for having me. Beth, so you're Chief Experience Officer of this large financial services organization. Tell us about Citizens and about your role. Yeah, sure. So Citizens is one of the oldest and largest banks in the United States. We service customers across the nation. We're national, particularly in our commercial businesses and some innovative places like student lending. And then where people know us very well is in the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic, where we have a 14-state footprint. But we do offer a full range of products and help our our clients on their um, financial journeys. And as Chief Experience Officer, what does your role encompass? Yeah, it's a new role for citizens. We we uh, launched the organization in my role about two years ago, and it's really focused on the customer. So how do we build the capabilities that are going to enable us to differentiate with our clients, whether it's a business, a large business, small business, or a consumer, to make sure we can help them on their unique financial journey over time? So that specifically includes things like digital and our uh, digital design teams, as well as delivery teams, data and analytics, so important for this conversation, our marketing and communications capabilities, our enterprise payments, and then really wrapped in the how, some of our agile transformation efforts to deliver faster for our customers across the organization. Beth, customer experience is such a broad field, and we're going to be talking about data specifically. Just briefly, can you give us an overview of what are the components that comprise customer experience? To me, customer experience is rooted in a couple of things. First, it's being able to have a deep understanding of your customers. And that can be through asking them, through surveying them. It can also be through how you observe the way they act in your daily life or how you test things. You know, we talk about user experience design and the ability to do A-B testing. But to me, customer experience is first all about that deep insight and understanding of our customers that we can bring to the front line, that we can bring to product owners, that we can bring throughout the organization to just frankly better understand our customers. And then second, we also think about it as underpinned with those design capabilities that then deliver excellent experiences. So how do we think about human-centered design and building journeys and journey maps that are going to enable our customers to better interact in their lives and in their partnership with citizens on their financial future? So all of this then depends on really understanding who the customer is, what they care about, what's important to them. Yes. 
And, and it's interesting, right? I think the mistake people make is sometimes we think customers know what they care about and, and what's important to them, but you can't just ask them. You have to really observe the behavior of our customers, how we interact in order to make sure we understand those needs that we each feel, and and I use the word feel intentionally as well as rationally think about it so that citizens can support them in their lives and, and how in their banking partnerships that they have. And now we come to really what's the heart of the matter for this podcast, which is, of course, the data economy. So what is the role of data in helping you understand the customer, as you've just been describing? I think data is just foundational at this point into how we think about customer experience, how we think about digital transformation, how we think about designing our products, our services, our interaction models with our customers. And why that's so important is there's just so much of it. So we can understand data from a, you know, from a standpoint of how our customers transact with us. As a bank, we need to understand data from a standpoint of what are our, what you know what are our customers able to do from a financial standpoint around their credit profile and other things surrounding those customers we need data to better understand their needs so there's just a myriad of ways we look at data to link to our customers and to design better solutions for them whether that's through digital channels or physical channels or um, in-person interaction models in order to serve our customers better Beth, you used the term digital transformation, which I think is fascinating because I have thought about customer experience as being the next evolution, if you will, of digital transformation. And so I think it makes sense to talk about the role of data in digital transformation more broadly, just to help help us understand the context even further. The way customers are behaving, the way our daily lives are unfolding is so different today than it was even three, four, five years ago. I like to use a stat that I recently heard that today we each make 35,000 small decisions in our lives every day, whether that's because we get 64 notifications on our, our cell phone on average or because we have more choice than ever before because we can research things in ways we couldn't do um, historically in our lives. What we really believe is that digital transformation, customer experience transformation, and data uh, transformation are all very, very, very closely linked. You can't have one without the other so that we can understand at fundamentally that sort of human a need of our customers and do it through data, through digital channels, through our physical channels, by giving information to people and empowering them with data to know about their customers. So it's really, really linked in the way we think about better serving our customers. Why are customer experience and digital transformation linked so tightly, as you were just describing? Yeah, I think it's because digital has just become a part of how we live and it's and it's advancing even faster. So, you know, we're all on our phones on average two hours a day now in our lives. It's how we research content. When my daughter was applying to school, it's how you think about researching different schools. It's the first place you go before you do that, you know, that in-person visit, which fortunately we're able to do again uh, following COVID. It's just become linked to how we manage our lives, whether it's doing simple transactions, researching content, trying to get things done quickly, scheduling appointments. We've really become enabled in our lives through digital 
And I think, you know, companies have to be willing to respect that as we create our experiences and then streamline all our operations around it. We also want everything instantly. So best in class providers across our lives, we're just getting things faster and faster. You have to use data, you have to use digital in order to be able to offer those kind of seamless, quick, frictionless experiences that we all want in our lives today. You're really describing data as the glue that brings all of these pieces together that really underpins how we run our daily lives, everything we do. I absolutely agree with that statement. I think data is the foundation, you know, that's underneath digital experience, other experiences, analytics, how understanding what's happening in the environment, but you've got to have good data flows. And increasingly that's real time data to be able to pin those things together and to offer great outcomes for us, for our customers, but for all of us in, in everything we do. Uh, you said this magic word, real-time data. Where does that fit into customer experience? Let's parse that. Yeah, I'll give you a great example. I don't think everything has to be real-time. I think it's something people talk about a lot, which is, is all your data flowing through your systems real-time? But there are, there are other times where it's really important. A great example at Citizens, we just launched what we call peace of mind. So that's really to prevent those oopses in those, you know, that sort of simple tools managing your life, as we talked about. So when I overdraft, you have 24 hours to really move money and correct that before we give you a fee or any kind of reason for, you know, having to consistently use overdraft and, and people do that intentionally, but often it is that oops. Well, we need to be able to tell you real time that you did it. So if we're going to give you 24 hours to be able to correct that mistake, we got to text you, email you, pop up an alert in your mobile phone to say, hey, did you know this just happened? And then when you do it and you move money so that you're not in an overdraft situation, we're going to pop another message that says, hey, you've you fixed this. And that's an example of real time, right? And it's really relevant in the moment. And we want to be relevant in the moment when it matters. There are other things that aren't quite so important where maybe if we get information at the end of the day and we share it with you, that's okay. So we're really selective and we're starting to build the pipes and how we deliver those real-time experiences when they really matter to each and every one of us. So you're making very specific choices about the timing of when you present this data to the user. For example, if there's a security question, that needs to be done very quickly. Absolutely, absolutely. Fraud is a great example, you know, in banking of a real-time need. If you're in the store and we think you're charging the credit card and we're not sure it's you, we wanted to get to you right away so that we can check, is it you? And then we can allow you to use that card if it is, or if it's someone that, you know, has your information, we can stop that from going through. So another great example of real-time. Does the availability of this real-time data change the way that you think about interacting with the customer and the design of your products and services? How does that ripple through your thought process? I would say in a couple of different ways, we think about real time and we think about data. We do have it in communication streams. So our, you know, we use the buzzword personalization uh, like everybody in, in different ways, but we use it for communication. So how do we think about piping our data in so that we have real time communications when it's highly relevant? So we think about data in that. And then um, on top of that, we do have what I'll call more curated experiences. So how do we think about for a segment of customers, 
developing an end-to-end experience and what components of that are outside of typical product or pricing, but maybe the tools you can use or the advice we can give or the insights we can pop up to as relevant in the mobile app. And we'll be very thoughtful about how we map that and how we think about that journey for our customer and how data and analytics can help underpin that. You mentioned a few times that it's the emotional experience and the emotional connection to your customers. How do you harness data to address that emotional connection? That seems like a harder challenge. Yeah, I, you know, I think the biggest mistake people make that we data and analytics organizations is making it all about the data or all about the math or all about, you know, the kind of technical components versus tapping into those emotional components and making it real for people, both internally in our culture so they can understand it better and the, and the capabilities, but also for our customers. And so um, I was just debating this with the head of our home equity business, and we're using data and analytics to really streamline end-to-end how you can generate a home equity loan uh, with citizens. And we were number one in the U.S. actually in home equity last quarter. And so what we did was we mapped that data in very sophisticatedly from everything from targeting those customers to how we price them, to how we talk to them to better meet their needs, to what we can pre-fill for them in the underwriting processes, to how we can get them their money when they book their loan. But frankly, if I'm a customer, what I care about is I want to remodel my kitchen faster. And when I've decided to do it, the fact that I can, you know, be ordering those countertops in seven days instead of 32 days, which is the industry average, is a huge benefit. And so the emotional side is, hey, I'm so happy I get to do my kitchen faster. But that's all underpinned in the data and technology. So that's how I think about that emotional connection versus the kind of technical underpinnings that have to sit underneath it. And there are a lot, by the way, to make that whole stream happen. But it's really that emotional end state for the customer that matters if we're going to grow our business and continue to be, you know, sort of really relevant to our clients. So this links back to something you said right at the outset, which is really developing that deep understanding for what the customer wants. And I, th- I just think this is fascinating because folks in data, we tend to focus on the data and the technical technology aspects and sometimes can lose sight of the bigger picture, which is what are we trying to accomplish at the end of the day? Yeah, it's at Citizens, our brand promise is made ready. And what that really means is if I'm a corporate client, you know, we're going to help you throughout your financial journey. And that can be in times of stress. That can be when you're in times of high growth. That can be throughout your life cycle. And, you know, never more than when COVID first launched did we see that. And the data we needed then was to provide information to our RMs to go out to our customers and pick up the phone and call them and find out how are they doing. But we also had to look at, you know, use data to think about what do we think is going to happen in that industry? What's going to happen with that company? How do we, are we best prepared to serve them? So I do think you have to just take it back to the customer. That doesn't mean, by the way, that you don't have to have the pipes. The other thing I I often say to folks, as I think about our ability to have impact with data and analytics, I kind of tease our modelers sometimes, you know, the data scientists that are building AI models or that are building advanced analytic models. The model can be the easy part. 
if you can't actually figure out a way to get the data that's accurate to feed the model and then get the outputs of that model into the hands of the systems, whether it's a you know relationship manager, as I just discussed, or whether it's directly into the mobile app or into the hands of a customer, you don't actually get any benefit from it. So you've got to think about the whole infrastructure and piping to then be able to deliver that outcome for the customer. So I don't want to not talk about how hard that is and getting that right is critically important, but you got to you know stay focused on the end game, which are those use cases that are going to deliver impact for the for the customer. It sounds like you're operating on two levels. One is ensuring that the data is consistent and supporting the operations you need to express your brand promise, to be true to your brand promise. And then at the same time, you have the technology layer that involves the models and the technology infrastructure and the piping that's necessary to handle, manage, collect, and analyze all of this data. Yeah, I almost think of it, I think that's absolutely right. I almost think of it usually on three layers when I think about it. There's the kind of base technology and scaling capabilities that we need around data. So how do we understand how we're going to move data real time? There are a couple of different tools to do it. You know, we've just selected a new provider to help us. You know, where are you going to put the data? There are providers like Redshift or Snowflake. How do you think about that technology? How do you scale capabilities? It's critically important. I then think about data strategists. So before you even get to data scientists or AI or ML, who are the people that really understand the data sources themselves, both first party, second party, and third party, how we can knit them together that can be that kind of in agile speak, that product owner for data to say, we want to pipe things this way. We want to understand it this way. I know when I say deposits, what's that mean? I have a single source of the truth that I can leverage and give to others as they're thinking about data. And then you have those true data scientists and analytics and AI on top of it to think about how do you build sophisticated modeling capabilities that we can utilize in experiences. I I probably should have said four levels. Then on top of that, you have the business users and, and the business people like me that are just trying to generate great insight from all three of those layers uh, in the company. So to what extent are you tracking and focused on the enabling technologies and how the enabling technologies change and evolve over time and maybe offer new capabilities as they evolve? Yeah, we're absolutely investing in understanding the technologies and, and we've been investing in moving our data infrastructures into the cloud. And so we've made great progress on that and we'll continue to use new technologies, both in managing the data, but also in how we can display the data and for business intelligence tools as well. Actually, at Citizens, I, I should mention this, we just hired a new chief data and analytics officer on my team that's going to join in the second quarter this year to really help pull it all together. And we were very intentional about combining the data role with the analytics role and the insights roles so that we can make sure we're focused on the technology, the scaling, but very use case and customer driven in how we're building and why we're building that data infrastructure. What kinds of data are you using? You're doing so much with data. Do you think about it as different kinds of data? Banks have a lot of data. So when you ask about what kind of data we're using, we're lucky. We're probably not even tapping into what we could 
from a customer insight perspective. But the good thing about being a, a bank is we have a lot of data. We invest heavily in the security of that data and ensuring we're using it for our clients' benefits and, and check in on you know, are they comfortable with how we use it? But that said, we have first party data. So we understand a lot about our customers' um, financial needs that can include loans and deposits. So credit information around our customers, as well as spending habits, as well as how you manage your money. And then we can add on secondary data on top of that. So how we think about external data through credit bureaus and others that allow us to better understand our customers. And then I would say on top of that is behavioral data. So when you're on our website, how are you clicking? What are you looking at? Um, How do you think about if I have a, a child that's college age, and I start researching student loans, how to pay for college, which we have quite a bit of, how do I make sure I link that together so I can have the right conversation with you, irrespective of channel, or give you the right offer to enable you to think about financing with Citizen, your, your student loan. And then even on top of that, I have customer feedback data. So we do quite a bit of work. Uh, we use Medallia, but we do quite a bit of work from an NPS net promoter score perspective to measure sentiment, both at the uh, transactional level as well as the relationship levels. We can feed that in as well to enable us at all those different levels to really understand our customers. So you've developed really a set of taxonomies of different kinds of data. And I'm assuming associated with that is this kind of data can help us accomplish XYZ goal, maybe in operations, this kind of data can help us with customer experience. This kind of data is foundational that correspond to what you're doing at all? Yes, I think that's right. And that's why that data strategist role between technology and and deep analytics is so important to help think about those different kinds of data, what we need them for, how we can use them effectively, and how we can plug into those business use cases, whether it's streamlining an operation, as you mentioned, or whether it's providing analytic insights through AI tools on our mobile app to customers. We really need that data strategist as the glue that can hold all those pieces together from a data perspective as a foundation. So from a data perspective, there's both efficiency data or data that helps you run your operations more efficiently. And then there's what we might call the innovation data that helps you expand, deepen your relationships with customers, those business relationships. I don't think about it quite that way because it can be the same data that does both. So I think about what's the right data for the use case, but it's not necessarily the case that data that's driving innovation, and I think innovation is so critically important, I'm glad you mentioned it in banking, is different than that data that you can use to streamline operations. So for example, understanding your income. If I am in banking, we have regulations, we have rules as we think to, you know, sort of debt to income ratios in certain products. I can use the data I have to get a sense of what I believe that to be for a client, that can be really important in innovation and growth and better meeting the needs of clients. But I also can use it to streamline on the back end and streamline operations. If I already have that data, I don't need to ask you to provide me, you know, a pay stub. I don't need to ask you to fill in certain forms and, you know, send them back to me, whether electronic or in person. So I can use the same data to drive growth that I use to streamline back end operations. So then in other words, you've got a body of data, you know what that data consists of, 
And then the question becomes, where can we apply that data to various use cases that will be beneficial in one way or another? Yes. How has this availability of data changed the way you think about operating a bank? I think data enables banks to both better meet the needs of our customers. We have a survey where we actually ask our customers, are they comfortable using uh, data for insights? And what's interesting is, for example, over 85% of our business clients say they'd love for us to use their data to serve them better and better meet the needs of their business over time. So I think we use it to you know, come up with solutions to enable that. So how do I help you predict your cash flow if you're a business customer so that you can make sure you, you know, you can be more efficient in how you run your business. So we have those kinds of tools and innovation and that's so critical in banking. But then we also use it, as I said, on the other side to streamline operations to make sure we're effectively managing our credit books or we're managing our operations or we're pre-filling data when we have it. So I think banks are pretty lucky with the amount of data they have and have proven to our customers that we're using the data in their best interest and we're investing in the tools to ensure things like privacy and just having high data standards within our and governance within our organization. Beth, let's change gears a little bit. You've discussed such a range of skills that need to be brought to bear from understanding, having empathy for the customer, understanding and being able to express the brand promise down to deep technical expertise relating to ML models, for example. What's the composition of your team that enables all of this? It is the reason we put the team together the way we did was to just enable the holistic view of supporting our customers. I will say we think it's really important on the team to stay close to the use cases and the businesses and the customers first. So a deep understanding of what's going to drive value for citizens on the team. And then we really want to couple that. Um, and that's why we do, you know, we are responsible for customer experience and those listening posts on that side as well, some of the deep data and digital technical expertise that we have. But then we had to build talent at all levels. So I, I have a woman on my team who is uh, working for me now who runs our personalized communications for the bank. But what she's really helped me understand is it's only as good as that data foundation. So it's critically important to also have that talent who just knows if I need to know your deposits and I have seven data fields that all say deposits, which one is relevant for my use case? So it's really knitting together a whole bunch of skills that are all critically important to have a whole ecosystem around data that allows us to deliver the end use cases that we want. Has there been an impact on the internal culture at citizens around creating this data-centric awareness and even driving a data-centric kind of culture? We are at Citizens absolutely on a journey around how to drive a data-centric, and I'll use digital and data-centric transformation and culture. And so it's one of the mandates of our chief data and analytics officer that's coming in is continuing to drive the thinking that enables our business leaders to understand how to create new value propositions foundationally with business insight and data and analytics at its foundation, as well as to just upskill 
So we're upscaling across the bank on different kinds of data and analytics capabilities at all levels with all needs. And so that cultural transformation is really a critical point of how we're going to innovate going forward. I think we touched on innovation a little bit and, and you did, Michael, earlier, but we need that culture of data and analytics to be an innovative company. And that's a critical component of the culture we want and our DNA as citizens. You know, to say that transformation is hard really is a cliche, but it is hard. And so how do you manage the culture change aspect as you are really innovating with data and changing and transforming the organization and the products and the services that you offer? So I've become a very good friend with our HR department as I've been leading these transformation efforts. I have a renewed appreciation for what it takes to drive cultural change in you know everything from how we communicate internally to what we celebrate internally to the training and development. We're doing badging systems around data and analytics that require our uh, you know our training team to help partner with us on. Just the, the constant way you have to be very thoughtful and explicit about how you want to drive the culture and how you want to move the organization to be more data and analytics driven. And, and I've really done that in partnership with our human resources team and, and our head of learning and development has, I, as I said, become one of my close friends and go-to people at, uh, at Citizens because I just think you got to stay at it. It's a constant drumbeat and it's one we're going to continue to make progress on over years. It's not a month or a project. It's just a shift in the ability of the, of the company to innovate and leverage data and analytics to do that. So this is really a very important issue for you. Critically important. We, As I said, we created my team, the Enterprise Experience Organization, about a little over two years ago with this mission. And we're willing to invest in it and think about what capabilities, data and analytics being a critical one, do we need to drive citizens to uh, the future, including innovation, but also the ability to just deliver excellent experiences at its foundation for our customers. Beth, one of the most difficult questions that many business leaders face is what kinds of data to collect, how much data to collect, and what are we going to do with this data? So how does your organization address these very common challenges? As we think about data collection and what data to collect, we do it two ways. There is some basic foundational data that we ensure that we have, and we've um, moved our data lake. We have a data lake foundation that we've moved to the cloud. You know, So we have that kind of holistically there, that then we have moved into certain data marks where we can start to think about what do we proactively want real time versus end of day versus potentially either, the, either even other time periods. We also have a data intelligence platform, that's our internal data, that's also moving to the cloud that then brings in some third party data that we can combine with that first party data. And so that gives us the foundation that we have for data. We then take those top-down use case-driven approaches. So as we add to that foundation and as we increase our capability, we want to do it starting with how are we going to deliver something better for our customer or how are we going to streamline our operations or how are we going to improve our risk practices and, and our ability to do portfolio management. We start with that and we go backwards. So if we need to add to that basic foundation, we do it in a very thoughtful, prioritized way. 
Is there somebody on your team who is, we could say, the steward of all of this data? In other words, how do you know what data you've got? We have a couple of people, but that is where um, we have a head of our kind of town. We call it our, our data and analytics town in our agile speak, and they're really required to understand or have the people that work for them on their team that understand the piping of all these different data sources, where it is right now for the company and where we need it to get to. And it's critical to have the uh, knowledge, the history, the talent in place to do that and to do it well over time so that you're using really you know quality data as you're driving these use cases. So you really have to have at least somebody, if not a team, who is focused on understanding the inventory of data and what's available. Yes. And and you got to keep the talent because you, you got to make sure, one, you're documenting it so that it's not completely talent driven, but it's much more efficient and effective if you have a group of people who really understand our data assets well. Do you make a distinction between investing in data for innovation versus data and processes for efficiency? You mentioned earlier that it's one corpus of data, but how do you think about the distinction between those different kinds of investments? So we want to use the foundational data we have for both. So we are a very use case driven and financial uh, business case driven organization. And so we'll look at as we prioritize, what do we think is going to have the biggest impact? But we have things like an innovation fund that can say, hey, we want to do some testing and learning around this that can tap into our data intelligence platform for that innovation as well as you know, places where we are streamlining operations. I, I talk about we are transforming our consumer bank to be end-to-end -end digital, to just make it simple and easy to do those everyday banking experiences through our digital tools. You have to have data to do that. That both drives customer experience benefits, but also quite a bit of efficiency in the organization. So we're gonna leverage our data assets to really go against those critical business priorities that we have, which are a combination of innovation and new with just that streamlining and getting better at what I'll call kind of the everyday transactional things we do. You mentioned this earlier about the underlying body of data that then can be used in different ways. And so it sounds like you are developing a variety of different use cases. Some of those may relate to innovation. Some may specific, relate specifically, I don't know, to, to personalization. Some may relate to improving the efficiency of operations or making it easier for your consumers. So you're looking at these use cases then looking at your data and then deciding how do we use that data to feed and support these various use cases. Is that a correct understanding? Yes, though the one nuance I think that I would add to how we think about it is we also want to have this platform of data capability. We're not going to build twice, right? So we're not building use case by use case by use case as we think about our data and analytics capability. We're going to build in a way that's going to enable multiple use cases with the same foundational capabilities, if that makes sense. So you have to kind of look at it both directions, be very use case driven, but also build scalability 
in your in your platforms so that you can then you know get the next use case done much faster and much more efficiently. So then it's not just the data, it's the technology infrastructure, the entire body of the technology infrastructure, both of which need to be very flexible and very scalable because at the end of the day, you don't know what use case you may need a year from now. Totally agree. You have to be, we talk a lot about scalability and a big piece of that is the technology that underpins all of our data and analytics ecosystem. For example, we have to have channel integration. So I have to be able to pipe that insight into our branch network and maybe that's through Salesforce or into an origination system. You know, there are very specific systems that we use in banking for things like I used home equity before as an example, uh, the origination system to, to originate that loan, or I have to pipe it into our mobile app so I can provide something directly to the customer. So that piping is then scalable across all the use cases in that channel based on the foundations of not just the data, but the analytics that sits on top of it. Very interesting. Beth, as, as we finish up, what advice do you have for folks on how to use data to drive a better customer experience? I think the most important thing and the advice I have for people that are on this journey is making sure you understand all the different components that it takes to really transform your organization into a data and analytics driven organization and make sure you're, you're equally investing in all the roles and the capabilities. I think Sometimes we tend to go too much towards technology. Sometimes we tend to go too specific around data and then it's not actually helpful uh, in the decisions we're trying to make. And sometimes we have leaders that don't understand how to use the data to really drive innovation or a better customer experience. So to me, it's making sure you're thinking through all the different components, bringing the right people together, doing it holistically, which is the power that unlocks the capability and the ability to scale and, and deliver for the customer over time. I'm glad that you also wove in some of the kinds of pitfalls or obstacles that tend to come up quite a bit as well. Beth, where's all this going? The role and the use of data in customer experience. I don't think the use of data in customer experience is going anywhere anytime soon. If anything, I think it's accelerating. I think as we see the pace of change get faster and faster and faster, we're gonna continue to have to use data as a foundation of uh, innovation. And it's going to be critically important that we continue to innovate to meet the needs of our customers. And so I think you're just gonna continue to see us uh, be able to use data and analytics foundations to better deliver new opportunities, new insights, streamline business processes, just make it easier for our customers day in and day out. Beth Johnson, Chief Experience Officer of Citizens Financial Group. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. It's been a fascinating conversation. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for taking the time and having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode. As a reminder, you can watch all podcast episodes on redis.com slash the data economy. Check out redis.com slash business for related executive content.